Greetings everyone and welcome to the House of a Thousand Discourses. In this episode, I, Tom Stone, will be interviewing the voice and creator of this controversial podcast, which always leaves you with so much propaganda, you begin to question life itself. With me, obviously, is the most humblest, selfless man that I know, and that will hopefully, by the end of this episode, you will all come to understand even more. That is, ladies and gents, Darren Duncan. What's up, brother? Wow, that was a hell of an introduction. I think I've been interviewed by several people. I've been on podcasts. I've been on television. I've been on radio. That, by far, was the coolest introduction I have ever received. Thank you, thank you. Small I'm plus. humbled. I appreciate that. That was amazing. You put a lot of thought into that, didn't you? Not too much, probably. Not a ton? Yeah, about about a minute. <laughs> about a minute? Yeah. All right, all right. So what's going on? How's, how, how's it going? It's oh, it's oh, it's okay, yeah. just okay. Yeah, you just, know what I mean. It's a little hot up here. Ah, yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been in hotter places. I used to wear a tool belt for a living, so I've been hotter and skinnier. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so I got some questions that uh, that I uh, I wrote down and to help the audience and all your fans uh, come to understand you a little bit more. Um, some may be sensitive. Some may be, you know, I'll. You know, I keep it to the point. You know, if you feel uncomfortable about the questions I ask, you don't have to answer it. You don't have to get into it. I'm just, you know, as your brother, you know, I've known you for, you know, what, 13 years? Something like that. Something like that. So, you know, just shoot some questions. We'll shoot, you know, shoot the shit and chew the fat and let everyone know who you are. I'll do my best to answer them. I try not to skip them. I just ask the audience to, uh, if I ramble, to just uh, forgive me for the rambling because sometimes I get off topic. And then you, as the new host, I'm going to need you to, to reel me back in if I get too far off topic, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'll get you back in. So right. everyone who's uh, who's listening, once again, I'm Tom Stone, and I'm here interviewing the host of A Thousand Discourses, Darren Duncan. And uh, let's start with the with the basic question. Uh, where are you from? What, what city and state that you were raised in? I'm pretty sure I was born in a hospital in Belvedere, Illinois, because back in the 80s, Belvedere actually had a hospital. And then, um, (laughs) yeah, back then, the tiny town of Belvedere had a hospital, and then they didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm pretty sure I was born there, and I was raised in Belvedere from age 0 to 14, actually to like 22. I moved from one house to another at 14, and then... At 22, when my mom and dad split up, my dad moved to the hood in mm-hmm. Rockford, Illinois, mm-hmm. and then I moved in with him basically so he wouldn't fucking fall asleep with a fucking cigarette or some shit and burn the house down. I, <laughs> I kind of felt like I had to keep an eye on my old man. Right. And uh, that was fucking tragic and shitty. Like, I, it only <laughs> took about a year for him to actually die. Yeah. It wasn't because I let him fall asleep with a cigarette, but... Which is... To, an- to answer your question, um, I was born and raised in Belvedere. Okay. Illinois. <laughs> All right. Um, so in your youth, did you ever imagine or think that you would be right here right now doing what you're doing on the show? Or, and in, in to add on that, in, in your life in general, did you ever think that, that you would be the man who you are today doing the things that you love? <sighs> Dude, at one point in my life, when I was very young and naive... I thought I was going to be the next Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was my plan. I was going to be a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. But my dad was like, you're not big enough. You're not tall enough. You're not going to be a professional wrestler. So I kind of gave that up. Before that even, I thought I was going to be the fucking next Chuck Norris because I was a third degree black belt in Taekwondo. And uh, the academy that I went to, the guy was North Korean. So he's like, 
he kept it real to, to his country of origin. Mm -hmm. So he only taught us up to third degree. And he's like, after that, I can't help you. Either you're going to have to go to another academy or go to my school in North Korea. So I was like, well, fuck that. So I started smoking weed and losing virginity and whatnot. <laughs> and then, but after that was the, the backyard wrestling thing. And then I always thought I was going to be the next Eminem. Like my shit changed. I changed my passions the way most people change their underwear, you know? But then there was other points in my life where I'm like, I'm not even going to wake up tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So to be 30 fucking three and alive with kids, to answer your question, no. I never thought, not the podcast thing, not not anything like that. Because I'm nobody. You know, even the Cool Kid Collector Club that you started. Yeah, like it's, it's nothing special. It's nothing famous or popular. But like even, even just being alive mm -hmm. at 33. I never would have thought that I would make it this far. Just being alive. Gotcha. Not not being like a quote-unquote popular person, you know? Gotcha. And that's deep. That's really deep. I guess, yeah. Being but alive. I bet every, but every teenager has that thought, oh, you yeah. know? I Everybody's like, oh, I shouldn't even be alive, bro. All the dumb shit I did as a kid. But like, dude, I know everybody says that. But seriously, like, I should not. Not saying I don't deserve it, which some days I think that I don't. But just the things that I've done, mm -hmm. I definitely should not have a soul inside of this mortal coil because I should have died so many times of choices that I've made, mm -hmm. things that I've done and situations I put myself in. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so like kind of answer your question, like, no, I never thought I'd even be here to begin with, let alone being, you know, a podcaster or YouTuber or singing in a band Facebook or, uh, horror club yeah whatever collector. any of that shit all that shit is like yeah. non-existent I wish, I wish that the fans could be in this room right now to to really feel every time I come in in this room you really get the sense of like I just entered your soul like I'm surrounded by the things that you that you love and that you're passionate for and it really speaks to you you know, like if you were in this room right now, if if you if you ever go on YouTube and watch um, his uh, his unboxings, you get just a little bit. You know, you, you just see just just a snippet of it. But to actually be here and just it's the essence of you. Yeah. You know, you got your love for your, your kids surrounding in here. You got, you know, your favorite horror icons. You got autographs and comics and pops. And it's just it's just really, you know, you're such an expressive human being. It's almost like a haunted museum, haunted museum of the living. Yeah. It's like every piece in here gives off its own vibe for its own reason. It yeah. has its own attachment to me yeah. in the different, you know, way and different part of my life or whatever. Mm -hmm. I uh, I kind of look at back at it as like I think that I gave up on toys too young. Mm -hmm. So like uh, now that I'm an adult and I can afford my own toys and like my parents were always super cool and bought me all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all the GI Joes. All the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I had mm -hmm. all of that shit. But for some reason, I thought I was too fucking cool at one point, And I just gave up my toys and pushed them under my bed and never looked at them again. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm in my 30s, like I, I just I buy toys. Mm -hmm. And I surround myself with toys. And for what I don't know why, but it, just, it, it makes me happy. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I have like a little thing in my basement that it, it doesn't even get close to this. I, th there's only one thing in here that makes me uncomfortable, and it's the the autograph of uh, 
of Tim Curry as Pennywise. Why does it make you uncomfortable? Because that's my biggest fear. Hollywood, Stephen King, horror movie of all time. You're is... literally sitting next to a six and a half foot tall Pennywise of Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård doesn't bother me. Hmm. I've seen both of the, the new ones. It's the original with Tim. Uh, so does, does the autograph the mask down here bother yeah, you? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and <laughs> thanks for pointing that out. Um, but uh, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's not get off topic here. I wanna I wanna touch base a little bit uh, with your childhood and slowly lean into your teenage life. Okay. And then we'll go from that to your adult life, and let's we'll slowly get into that. So so tell me about your childhood. From from your pers- from your perspective today, um, how how was your childhood? How do you feel today? Your childhood. Was? I'm very angry about it. Okay. Not because of mom and dad. Well, a well, little. First, first I'll... off, so people can know, were you an only child? No. Okay. No, I had three older brothers and two older sisters, but they were all much older than me. So they didn't live in my house. They already were married and had their own kids. They were moved out. Okay. My parents were older when they had me. Okay. So this is why I'm a little upset about my upbringing is because my mom and dad was just like, fuck it, let him do what he wants to do. He's the baby, let's spoil him. So I had no accountability. I wasn't spanked. I was never told no. I, I had everything that I wanted. And like as a kid, that sounds amazing. But as an adult looking back, I'm like, dude... I don't know how to fucking change my oil. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because my dad wasn't like, come out to the garage, I'm going to teach you how to fucking fix the snowmobile. Right. He was like, just go outside and do your own thing. So what I did, I was the youngest kid in the neighborhood. I got on my bike and I rode around the neighborhood and got the shit kicked out of me by older kids. Mm-hmm. And then I'd come home whining and crying about it that I got my ass beat. And my dad would be, you know, half in the bag working on a fucking motorcycle or a snowmobile and... So what do you want me to do about it? I can't go to the park and beat these kids up. Mm-hmm. So he teach me how to make a fist and how to throw a punch, but never really, nobody ever really like seemed to give a shit, you know? So I, I got the shit kicked out of me a lot mm-hmm. before school. Mm-hmm. I'm talking pre-kindergarten. Yeah. And then it's crazy because when I hit kindergarten, I was the shit, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I don't know why. Maybe because the good looks, I don't, I really don't know the blonde hair, the blue eyes. I have no idea, but mm-hmm. Girls definitely liked me in school, and I, that might have helped. And I think that my dad, being who he was, the big, burly, fucking motorcycle-riding son of a bitch, um, I had his tough guy attitude, which I don't know why. But when you go to school, it's like it's like going to a strip club. You're, you can pretend to be anybody you want. You can lie to the strippers. Well, when I first went to kindergarten, I pretended to be a badass. And then so my career, if that's what you want to call it, in school changed. Then people were afraid of me without ever even throwing a punch. Everybody thought that I was the fucking, the cool kid, tough guy for whatever reason. But I'd get out of school, come home, and get my ass kicked by the kids that were in junior high. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's let's touch base real quick about your, your parents and, uh, you know, where they meet. How, you know, the story of, of Darren, you know, comes from, you know, your mom and dad. How did you, how did you... How did my mom and dad meet? Yeah, how did your mom and dad meet? To... This is a funny story. Um... Some people think it's a grimy story, but either way, I'm glad they met, because if they didn't meet, I wouldn't exist. So what happened was, as as you asked earlier, I have multiple brothers and sisters. None of them are my full-blooded brothers and sisters. They're all half. Okay. Okay? So my mom, back in the day, was married to a man named Harry Meyer. They were married. They had two kids named Tim and Robin. Okay. 
Both are dead, by the way, but they had Tim and Robin. They divorce. Meanwhile, somewhere else in Illinois, my dad was married to a woman named Selma. She had, or they had a kid named Lisa and Travis. Lisa's dead now, but they divorce. My mom marries another dude named Fuck. Vance. He's dead. He was murdered. There's an episode on the Oxygen channel called uh, Snapped. He actually has an episode on that. My mom and brother were interviewed on that. Oh, shit. Yes. Um, the, the, the episode is called Tammy Cole. Look it up. I'm fucking rambling. But anyway, so to fucking break this down real quick, my mom was married to somebody. I got off because I'm like, oh, my brother's dead. My sister's dead. Sorry about all that. Let me retract. So my mom was married to this guy named Harry. Had two kids, Robin and Tim. They divorce. My mom remarries a guy named Vance, has a son named Travis. Meanwhile, somewhere in Illinois, my dad is married to a woman named Selma and have two kids, Lisa and Travis. This is why I have two brothers named Travis. Because Dunk Duncan lived in Illinois. Jackie Summerfield lived in Wisconsin. Both had kids named Travis. They meet, marry. My dad adopt all of those kids. Then they have me. Bing! Here I am related to all of them. So that's why I have two brothers named Travis. They are half-brothers. Big Trav and Little Trav. Big Trav and Little Trav, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy because, like, my, uh, and then, like, supposedly this, my, my dad and my mom's ex-husband were really good friends, but from what I hear, he was a dick and used to beat my mom up, and and uh, my dad used was the guy to be, like, it, it'd be kind of like me and you. Like, if, if, if you were, you and I are so close, if, if you and I found out that, like, one of us were roughing up our wives and punch, we'd be like, hey, dude, that's not cool. Yeah. Don't do that. But with them, it got to the point to where it was like, Yo, motherfucker, like, you're fucking taking it way too, and, like, they yeah. fucking got involved, and my dad whooped his ass, and then, years later, my dad and her hooked up and married and had me. But, but out, outside looking in, <laughs> it sounds like, you know, she cheated or whatever, but, like, I, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. think that that was the case, but yeah, either way, I don't care. I've heard stories of people saying, like, oh, you're... Your dad was running around with your mom long before either one of them got divorces or, or fucking... And then the other side of the story is like, that guy was beating the fuck out of her and then my dad saved her. Either way, I don't fucking care because like I said earlier, if they never met, I wouldn't be here. So I don't care how they fucking met. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck. I'm just glad that they met because if they didn't, I wouldn't be here right now having this conversation. And I, I, I'm glad that we, we talked about that because I want you, you know the fans and listeners to know you know the, the 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 story about how your mom and dad met and your your crazy you know your your family and how you have so many you know siblings here and there and right it's it's really a, you know I've known you for thirteen years but you know it's it's really good to talk about that because not a lot of fucking people can relate to you about right. how your parents and how your family is you know right your your Duncans and uh, what's your mother's maiden uh, summer her maiden name is Summerfield yeah. And then she was married to Myers, and then married to Evans, and then married in a Duncan. Yeah. And hopefully she'll die as a Duncan, but yeah. that's not my choice. Yeah, and you know, it's it's so diverse, and it def definitely wanted to throw that out there. Now, let's talk about, let's talk about, we're still in your youth. What really stood out for you um, in your youth? Uh, good memories and bad. Any, any that's, that's really good? That you fucking, when you think about your youth, that you always think of, like, a certain memory? And then, is there a certain bad memory in your youth as a child that, um... 
my my well like i've kind of touched on this earlier like my worst memory is getting the shit kicked out of right, me um the, the worst one was one time this piece of shit kid that lived across the street from me he tackled me we were playing smear the queer remember that game for those that don't wow. know i know that queer is not a cool fucking term but you know what smear the queer is no, no I oh do you not. don't no, I oh do not. so smear the queer is when you have like a bunch of group of kids mm -hmm. and you have a football and you kick it in the air and somebody grabs it and it's free game you have to tackle that kid Okay. And then and then take the ball from him. Then he's the queer. Then everybody's got to smear him. Okay. Well, for some reason, I was the queer for the whole goddamn time. And this fucking this is the, this is one of the worst memories of my childhood was this kid shoved my face into a a, a, a ground of a, a ground wasps. Oh my god. There, there was a hole in his front yard, and he grabbed me by my front by my hair, and he shoved the front of my face into this hole of ground wasps. And what's fucking insane is they weren't stinging me, but they were crawling in my nose, in my ear, in my mouth. I was screaming, crying, and he had my face in it. And when he pulled me up, I remember seeing just tears. And his mom and dad was in the fucking driveway pulling groceries out of their car, watching it. Like, they didn't even fucking do anything. They weren't like, hey, let that kid go. Like, what are you doing? Like, all the neighborhood kids were, like, watching me getting my face shoved into this fucking wasp nest. But what's fucking insane is I did not get stung one fucking time. It's, prob it's they probably because they didn't sense that you were a danger to them. I have no idea why. I really don't know why. But that shit, like, traumatizes the fuck out of what me. What kind of fucking parent... <laughs> I'm sorry, we're getting off sidetrack here, but... No, it's okay. Man, what's yeah, fucking... I mean... What's weird is, like, his dad... That I don't want to say his name out loud because I don't want to... The only reason why I don't want to put him on blast is because I don't want him to know that I'm out for him. Mm -hmm. Because when I do see this kid, I'm going to hurt him okay. like i'm going to change his life mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so i don't want to put his name out there so if he does get his face broken in the bar nobody will know that it was me i haven't seen this kid since i was in probably second grade but when i do see him i'm going to change his life it's going to happen and it might sound fucking ridiculous like oh let it go dude but like no i'm going to hurt this kid so i don't want okay. to say his name but okay. he was uh uh when you were like what kind of parents his parents were both in martial arts like, I've been to that kid's basement, and his, his dad had a dojo, if that you want to call it, okay. in the basement, and he did, like, private martial arts lessons. So he thought he was a fucking a badass tough guy, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So that maybe that's that had a little bit to do with it. But that And then best cool. memory, yeah, best. best memory is, um, it's not a single one, it's just a collective group of memories. I had this flight of stairs in my house when I lived on 9th Avenue. And it was, uh, I played with my G.I. Joes on it, dude. It was this badass, long carpeted stairway. And it there was this cool wall on the side of it and like a ledge. So like I could pretend the ledge, like, it was like right around like when Mortal Kombat came out and they had the pit at the bottom. Yeah. So I would like pretend the stairs was the pit. Okay. Or I could pretend like, oh, it's water. So when I knock my G.I. Joe in it, they could swim and they could fight in the water. Nice. I could pretend it was lava. And then um, I would I would start uh, incorporating my Hot Wheels into it. And then, like, the G.I. Joes were always bigger than the Hot Wheels. Mm -hmm. So I would just, like, take the G.I. Joe away and be like, oh, he's in the car now. And just fucking drive around. Like, that's my fucking greatest memory. Mm -hmm. um, as, as, like, a young, 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 young kid. I'm talking, like, elementary school. Okay. Like, that's my... This, playing with G.I. Joes on my steps. But then it goes into, too, like... The reason why I put my fucking toys away one day is because I had a crush on this girl from the neighborhood and she would come over consistently. And one day I was sitting on my fucking steps playing with G.I. Joe's 
I'm like eight or nine, bro. And I'm like, what if this girl came over and knocked on the back deck and saw in the window that I'm playing with toys? I'm like, that would be so embarrassing. She might not like me. And I put all my toys in fucking shoeboxes and stuffed them <laughs> under my bed, and I never touched them again. And I was like eight or nine. I'm my daughter's age. Wow. Yeah, like I should have been playing with fucking toys for like another four, five, six years. Wow. You know what I mean? Well, and clear, was, I mean, clearly now. I mean, you could, Well, now, yeah, but yeah. I don't take them out of the fucking box. Right. Except for some, some little ones. A couple of couple. them, yeah, you know, but like, so it, it kind of like boils back down to that. Like maybe that's where the fucking toy thing came from. Okay. Um, as a child, who did you look up to? My brothers. Your brothers? First and foremost, it was my brothers. Okay. Yep. Were you, were you pretty proud to, to have I was yeah. a goddamn Duncan. You know what I mean? That's what I was told every day. You're a fucking Duncan boy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, my two other, I got three brothers, right? Mm -hmm. Only one of them was a Duncan. The other one was a Myers and the other one was an Evans. Oh, but wow. they were raised by the same man who was a Duncan, my dad, Doug Duncan. Mm -hmm. But yeah, first and foremost, there there was no fucking movie stars or, or cartoon characters or wrestlers or musicians that I look up to. First and foremost, it was my brother's. Nice. Yeah, and I, I remember you, you you telling me, you know, that you really loved your brothers. I and mean, you still, you know. Absolutely. You, your family is it's the one thing that I never had. And probably a lot of people who are listening who don't have that, you know, that, that, that tight family, you know. Right. You know, people. You the, know. the tightness of my family comes and goes, especially like after a death. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's been a lot of them. So, like, it'll come and go. But. Um, my brothers, I don't know if this is a further question. If it is, you can stop me. But, like, that's what got me into music in the first place. Okay. Was because I'd be in the car with my brother. Like I said, they were older than me, had their own houses. So they'd come pick me up to spend the night at their house, and we're in the fucking car. And Metallica will come on the radio. Mm. Fucking Enter Sandman or some shit. Or fucking yeah, Injustice we'll, for All or whatever. You know, One or whatever. Yeah, yeah we'll touch base on that. Okay, pretty, we'll get into that yeah, later. We'll then. get into you, the, the music life. So. Okay. Um, but any, anyways, um, now we talked about, you know, your childhood, all the fights and memories. What was, what was elementary school like for you? Um, did you really, I mean, do you look back at it like, man, I wish I could have did this or that, or was it pretty, pretty smooth ride elementary school? I was the shit. You was the shit. I was the fucking shit in elementary school. <laughs> did you get into any fights in school? <clears throat> in fifth grade was my first face punch. Nice. The first person I punched in the face. Same here. But uh, before all that, like, uh, I was I was in, I don't, I don't know why, just I was fucking awesome. And um, I, I, I was outspoken. I'd always, the teacher would be like this, this, and this, and be like, yeah, but what about this? Oof. I was always told you should have been a lawyer because you can argue with the best of them. You know what I mean? But... <laughs> In fifth grade, Hanson came out. So I had long hair before this goddamn band struck. I had long, dope-ass hair. But when that band hit, man, I was beating bitches off with a stick. It was so fucking funny, bro. And then um, I, I literally had a dog collar. I had a, a choker chain that you would put on a fucking pit bull or a Rottweiler or a boxer. And I had a padlock on it. And they tried to tell me at school, you got to take that off. You can't go to gym with that. And I'm like, I don't got the key. What do you mean you don't got the key? Like, that's, I'm like, this is my necklace, man. They'd call my dad and my dad would be like, yeah, you don't got the key. <laughs> what do you want me to do? You know, like, 
I can come down with some bolt cutters and get it off, but the boy wears it every day. That's his necklace. They're like, okay, whatever. But I wore that motherfucker for three years, dude, up until junior high, man. Wow. Never taking it off because I didn't have the fucking key. And I swear to God. <laughs> and that's that's the dude, joke. Is I, he fucking dude, did it. I showered with it and everything, bro. And I had like a, I'd have like a ring around my neck of green. Uh-huh. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, cool. Until it started to rust, my dad's like, I, I got to cut that thing off, man. This is ridiculous. I'm like, all right, cool. So he took bolt cutters and he cut it off. Wow. Yeah, but I, I, I loved that thing, dude. I rocked the fuck out of it. But yeah, I was the shit in elementary school, man. Now, during this, during this time period before um, middle school, is this when you started getting into horror, horror movies or anything? Mm-hmm. No, um... The, the first horror movie I ever seen, I was in, uh, my, my dad, my dad used to, my, sorry, my dad's friend was a boxing promoter down in Missouri, and he would actually promote fights for De La Hoya before okay. he got big. Okay. And this was in Missouri, so we would go down there and watch my dad's friend, like, like fucking be a corner man and shit for De La Hoya. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I couldn't go because I was a little tiny kid. So, but that's the reason why we went down to Missouri in the first place was for a De La Hoya fight. So I spent the night at somebody's house with a ton of other little kids who I had no fucking clue who they were. The babysitter, I'm assuming, was probably a teenager. But, all right, everybody's got to go to bed. I'm sick of this bullshit. All the kids went to fucking sleep. I pretended to go to sleep. She put on Nightmare on Elm Street. I want to say it was part five. I think it was part five. And I woke up, or I don't remember if I woke up or pretended to sleep or what. But I remember watching that shit and just being so fucking scared because yeah. the only thing I could see was the fucking TV and down the hallway. And there was this grandfather clock and that was all I could see. And it would. Oh, man. And like that was the noise. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? You yeah. know what I mean? I can't sleep because Freddy's going to get me. Dude, but yeah. I fucking loved every minute of it. Okay. And then okay. I remember the door opening and a bunch of adults being like, God damn, that was a shit right there. And they're all like, you know, being loud. And then they're fucking playing cards. And then the teenager's like, finally, I can go to bed, you know, because the adults. And I still sat up until the fucking credits rolled. And I'm listening to the fucking parents playing poker in the kitchen. And I'm listening to them. I'm, I'm watching fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it was part five because that's the one when the chick was lifting weights and her fucking elbow got stuck together and it fucking spread. And she's, like, trying to lift weights. And uh, and, and Freddy's, uh, or the girl's like, I don't believe in you. And Freddy's like, I believe in you. <laughs> Push it, like, so like oh, you know what I mean? Like, try, like you can do it, bitch. Yeah. And, but then, um, also, so that was, I, I want to say that was my introduction to horror. But then also, you got to figure, like, Leprechaun came out in, like, 19, I was born in 86. Mm. So I think Leprechaun came out. And I know it came out in the early 90s, but I don't know exact year. Mm. But I know Child's Play came out in the fucking late 80s. And I remember my mom and dad, like, seeing it on Showtime or something. Like, they didn't even rent it. Like, I remember it was on, like, Showtime or HBO. And those same fucking steps that I would play G.I. Joe's on, I would fucking peek around it. And my mom and dad knew I was there. Uh They were like, go to fucking bed. We're going to watch a scary movie, right? So I pretended to go to bed. My dad fucking knew I was there watching the scary movie. And my dad didn't call me out until it showed titties on the screen. When there was some fucking going on, he's like, all right, boy, go to bed. Like, I don't want you seeing this shit. Yeah. You can watch people get their head cut off and stab yeah. with a knife, but goddamn, you can see some titties. Yeah, can't, can't do Wait that. Wait till you're 14 or something, yeah. you know? Wait till another inappropriate age. <laughs> and then, but so my first, my first loves of horror was definitely, it wasn't Freddy Krueger, dude. That was just the first one I saw. Right. But my first love was definitely Leprechaun. 
And I want to say I was in like second or third grade. And I also remember Candyman coming around at the same time, which fucking terrified the fuck out of me. I, I want to say it was like second or third grade. Oh, sleepover. My first sleepover. Go rent whatever movie you want. Mm -hmm. Me and the homies hop on our bikes and fucking ride down a fucking Hollywood video. And we just fucking picked out Candyman for whatever reason. And they let us rent it for whatever reason. This is the 90s. Mm -hmm. They let fucking people do that shit. Yep. So those were like my first, like, that's when I knew like this is awesome. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Okay. Um, I can go on about that shit though. Oh, it's no. back in 1999, Blair Witch Project came out. We can get into that I too. Was, I was about to say, <laughs> you mentioned, I don't know how many times the Blair Witch Project is. And Scream. Those are Scream. my all time favorite all horror time films. Favorite. And, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch, we'll touch base on Blair Witch and Scream here all right. pretty soon. Now, at this, uh, so before middle school, now we talked a little bit about music and you were, you know, in the car, your brothers Metallica would come on. At, at your age, before, you know, middle school, what type of music were you listening to? What was, you know, did you have a specific genre? Or were you always listening to, like, classic rock or metal? Or what, you know, what was your... I, I know it's kind of hard to think of it as a child, but, you know, I can go back to when no, I was I, in fifth grade. You know, and I remember, like, what were you listening to? Like So when I was eight years old... I want to say I was in third grade. Mom and dad said, what do you want for your birthday? I want a boombox and a CD. Okay. Fine. Let's fucking do that. Okay. And I wanted a boombox and Far Beyond Driven by Pantera. Nice. So they took me to Media Play. They bought me a blue boombox. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace, Media Play. Oh, they man. bought, for sure. And I make it, Vinnie Paul. But, yeah. so they bought me this blue boombox. It looked like a gigantic pill. And then I picked out Far Beyond Driven. Me being the spoiled kid, not spoiled rot. I didn't cry or nothing. I just asked for a couple more CDs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. We're here. First three CDs I ever picked out on my own was Pantera Far Beyond Driven. That was heavily influenced by my older brother. So I don't want to say that that was my thing that I chose that, right. you know what I mean? That was influenced by my older brother. Mm -hmm. But the other two CDs was The Offspring Smash. Awesome. The fucking, uh, you know, hey, hey, don't pay no mind. You're under 18, you're going to do it anytime. That shit. Mm -hmm. And then the third one was Nirvana Unplugged in New York. Okay. The fucking MTV acoustic concert. Yeah. The very famous one. Yeah. yeah. And then shortly after that, I asked for other CDs, and mom and dad were just like super rad about it, dude. Mm -hmm. So another CD that I got after, shortly after that was White Zombie, La Sexorcisto, Devil Music Volume 1. Nice. Uh, the Mortal Kombat video game soundtrack, but then so and like what's fucking crazy is that's like the first ever and I think only like EDM uh, album to like go gold or platinum or whatever. Yeah, it did. It, there, there's actual facts behind that. The, the theme song to that um, Mortal Kombat movie did go platinum gold. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like the first... Yeah. Dude, forever I thought like, EDM was like European death metal. Yeah. But it's te technically it's like electric <laughs> dance music yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it still gets you pumped. I oh, mean, for sure. You dude. could listen to that song right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you just... You're ready to fight. It has begun. What was another fucking CD that I got? Uh, I don't know, man. A lot of them. It was... Oh, Prodigy, Fat of the Land. Breathe with me. Oh, I'm sorry. All EDM sounds the same. <laughs> okay. All right. So those are some uh, some good music selections for yeah, it was to, all be, right. to be in your youth. You know? Oh, um, and then uh, one of the other CDs that I first picked out on my very, very, very own Uninfluenced 
was East 1999 by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Nice. I remember seeing the Crossroads. Okay, yeah, the music and, video. And I'm like, that was, they're like, hit a shit about a Honda, whatever they're yeah. fucking saying. And I'm like, I want this fucking CD. And my sister Robin bought it for me, and it was an edited version. This is before I knew that there was edited, unedited, whatever. Yeah, you're just kind of like, what? And I jammed the fuck out of that. And then shortly after that, the Dogfather, Snoop Dogg came out with the Dogfather. Uh-huh. And then I started getting ICP and shit like that. But that was all, like, because my brother listened to it. Now, do you... Re- now, I know this is a hard question uh, to answer, but... Do you remember or recall the moment of time where you knew that your childhood life was over and you were beginning to change into prebubescent, you know, that puberty that was taken over and you were becoming this, um, you know, you were growing. You know, like, you weren't this little kid anymore. Now you're turning into, you know, a young man. Like, I know it's hard, you know, if you try to look back, but do you remember that? Like, I want to give the dramatic answer and be like, oh, the time I killed myself. But to be honest with you, I still haven't hit that moment. I've not given up on childhood, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, I'm so immature. I mean, like, look at me and the way that I behave. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I I don't think, it's so crazy because when I was in, when I was a young kid, you look at, you know, when you're in sixth grade, you look at the eighth graders like, wow, they're so fucking tall. Mm -hmm. And then you're in eighth grade and you're like, damn, the seniors are so fucking huge. And then you're a senior and you're like, Damn, the 20-year-old guys are so fucking tall and awesome buying cigarettes. And then you're 21 going to fucking strip clubs and you're like, I'm the shit. And then you hang out with a 30-year-old guy and you're like, where does it end? Like, we're all losers. (laughs) You know, like, I just, I've never hit that point to where I've I've grown up. And I don't, I kind of don't want to. Mm -hmm. But then, like, again, like, I, I would, but like, we're, I mean, dude, there's not a wall. There's not a wall where you wake up one day and you're like, oh, no, I know how to fucking change oil or fix my brakes or, you know what I mean? Now I could fucking, it's just, now I know how to reshingle my roof. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some There's pe- just things that you fucking pick up along the way. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many things that I've ignored on my path mm-hmm. where I just stay not focused, but just unfocused on my own shit where I just like fucking ignore everything. And just be super selfish about my own happiness. Mm-hmm. I'm not selfish about... I'm not a selfish person. Like, I love making other people happy. But when it comes down to, like, making me happy... Like, dude, I'm only going to be me once. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I focus on that shit. And, like, I think that that has a lot to do with my quote-unquote immaturity, if that's what you want to call it. That's what I like to call it. But, uh, yeah, so I've never hit that wall where I'm like, oh, childhood's over. Yeah. I mean, definitely you when just, I became a dad, I'm like, oh, I got to fucking, you know, stop doing basalt every day or whatever. I'm right. totally kidding. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, I mean, there's there's things that you, you know, there, there's things that happen in life where you're like, oh, I, I better stop doing this mm-hmm. or I shouldn't do that again. Or I right. better quit talking to this person because they're a shithead. Like, they're holding like me I'm back. Too, like, I better quit this job and get a better job. Things like that, right. you know. Okay. But what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I well, you. you know, like, you know, when you're a child, you're like, yeah, you know, I shouldn't be playing with Legos anymore. Maybe I should be playing with, you know. I don't Lincoln logs or, or you know what I mean? Just like progressing, just progressing as, you know, as you mature into your teenage, right. Uh, you know, youth or whatnot, but yeah, stop watching yeah, that, Rugrats and watch Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, but that was a great, you know, explanation where you said you just kept laying, you know, the foundations and the road, you, you know, like you said, you haven't let go of being a child because you refuse to, you know what I mean? I like, think it's on accident. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, uh, I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like refusing I mean, to let go. Yeah. It's just in my DNA, dude. Like right. it's just. It's, it's like, just a part of it. It's like they say, you know, you get older, but you're still that's you're still that child. Yeah, like I don't no. want to. I don't. I'm not holding on. Like holding on to childhood is a lack of a better term. I'm not holding on to my childhood. Mm-hmm. I just. Uh, I just. I, I. You know. I like being a. I don't. I don't want to say kid. Mm-hmm. I just like doing childish things. I guess. I don't it's, know. But then again, what is really childish? Yeah, right. Just having a good time right. to right. me is just having a right. good time. You know. Okay. So. All right, so we talked about, you know, the beginnings. Now we're, we're let's talk about teenage Darren. Let's talk about Oh fuck. Let's let's get into this. The rough years. The, yes. <laughs> let's talk no, about I'm teenage. Just kidding. What what would what was teenage Darren like? Wanted to be the coolest fucking kid in the room. I wanted to everybody look at me. Look what I can do. I got the fucking brand new soap shoes. I got the coolest skateboard. I got the fucking Oh, I got the CD before it came out. Look at me. I got the fucking trench coat. You know what I mean? Like I, it was, it was all look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm the shit. Okay. Like it was, I like out, like I'm, I'm saying, like back then, I thought I was the shit, and everyone else thought I was the shit, right? But I don't know why. But as an adult looking back, I'm like, oh, teenage Darren was probably trying so hard to convince everybody that he was the shit and that he was different. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, fucking, you listen to fucking bands with lyrics about cutting yourself, well, I'm the kid who really does cut himself. You know, like, that stupid-ass shit. Okay. Now, we'll, we'll dive deep into into that scenario. Um, All right. But let's talk about beginnings for your teenage... What was, um, for instance, let's start with simple. All right. Did you first have your first, like, fall-in-love session when you were a teenager? Did you... Was there a... You know, you don't have to say... You know, his Names, name. obviously, right? right. His. <laughs> fuck you, right in the motherfucker. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, what do you You're think? lucky I got out the. I used to have a cactus over here for beating my guest. You're lucky I just got rid of it. Hey, I would have liked that. I mean. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh. No, I, I, dude, I've always been a lover, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that would, that's one thing about me is I would like. I don't. I don't want to say obsessed because that's such a strong word. But like, I would see a girl and like really like her, and then we'd be friends, and then like you know they'd be my girlfriend for a summer or whatever. Like right. I've always loved really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but was, my my first like like, like crazy love was like losing the virginity thing. You know okay. what I mean? There was this chick or whatever. It was like eleven months and lost the virginity and was like super fucking in love and fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. But it was just like uh, it was just teenage bullshit. And like I, I'm really fucking scared for when my kids become teenagers because teenage love is just such a strange well, yeah, fucking I mean, thing because you're, you're, you think you're insane. you get it you're insane when you're you literally are insane yeah. with emotions and the like hormones you think you get it and you think you understand when everyone else doesn't yeah and then you get older and you're like i didn't know shit what yeah. a fucking dumbass yeah. and like and what's fucked up is because when i was a kid in love all the adults are like, you just don't know. You don't understand. Yeah. Wait until you're older. And it's like, yeah. I don't want to wait till yeah. I'm older. And then, mm-hmm. so I'm going to have to tell my kids the same fucking thing. Right. It's just a phase. You'll right. get over it. But you'll do it at a different approach. Hopefully in a different yeah. approach to where because they'll understand. That's how, that's how, you know, the, the progression of, you know, from father to son, you know, from grandfather, you know what I mean? You, you know, you, you and I, you know, is, is amazing. I'm not parents. worried about my son. My son's right. gonna run through hoes. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, just kidding. I'm totally fucking joking. I should not have said <laughs> that out loud. 
because that was a thing that's so stupid. Such an arrogant, dumb thing for a father to say about a boy. I was totally fucking joking. Um, because I am a boy, obviously, and when I was a boy in love, my heart was broken several times, and I was fucking destroyed by it. And then parents and people were like, oh, you fucking don't, don't get it. So my, my joke, besides that, was going to be like, my daughter, like, I'm, I'm worried about her getting her heart broken, mm -hmm. and I don't know how to relate to that one. Right. You know, like, like when my, when, I don't know what it's like for a girl to get her heart broke. It's probably 10 times more emotional. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I don't know where to start but with hey, that. you know, we got, we got but our we, women to, you know, our love. Yeah, like, my wife yeah. is the shit, and I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I honestly don't think that she's ever had her heart broke, but, like, it's not, like, something that her and I sit and talk about. Right. Oh, right, remember right. when you got your heart broke at 14 years old? You know, <laughs> by the other guy that we went to school with? We right. don't talk about that shit, you know? So. then I'd be like, fuck that guy. When I see him in a bar, I'm gonna change the way his face looks. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, besides, besides first loves, and, you know, you being, uh, an, uh, seems like an egotistical, bractocious, conceited, maybe teenager, about yourself. Yeah. How was your mom and dad at this time with you? Um, were they were they supportive? Were they were they pissed at you? Non-existent. They were just uh my mom worked up my I think dude, looking back like I I think my mom worked so much to not be at home, to not deal with my bullshit. Like, oh, oh when I'm cuz she worked nights and I think she did it on purpose cuz she was at her career long enough to be on the fucking first shift. Mm -hmm. I think she liked being on second shift. Okay. Like I think she liked being at work when me and my dad were awake. Mm -hmm. So she didn't have to be at home. And then my dad was always in the garage, you know, drinking brews and fucking, you know, working on motorcycles and building fucking birdhouses or whatever the fuck he did. Being a badass. Being cool, yeah. whatever. Uh, but just not really being my dad. But like, see, my dad fucking broke his back real early on a four-wheeler accident with me, by the way. We, we fuck crashed on a four-wheeler. He broke his back in three places. Oh, man. Yeah, I was on that four-wheeler. We can get into that later. But I think that uh, they were just, they really weren't there to, to pay attention. And that's why I got away with so much shit. Like the suicide attempts and the stupid shit that I had hidden in my room. You know what I'm saying? No. Like the things that I fucking did, they just weren't fucking paying attention. What was the fucking question? Um, how were my parents and all of this? Yeah, how was yeah, how was your parents? They um, just they yeah, like to answer it, like they just didn't really pay attention. Right. So this was like a period of time. But like you gotta understand too, they already raised like five fucking kids. Right. I was the baby, they're like, fuck it, he's gonna do what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, he wants a fucking PlayStation, buy it for yeah. him. Give him his fucking toy so he fucking shuts the fuck up. Yeah. And then meanwhile I'm going into town. Mm -hmm. selling drugs, doing drugs, mm -hmm. like doing stupid things, doing dumb shit in the woods, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Having unhealthy infatuations with fucking serial killers and shit, just doing dumb shit where the, the, mom, the mom and dad just didn't really pay attention. And then when it all came to light, when I tried to fucking kill myself, then it was like, oh shit. And then they paid attention for like a year, put me on lockdown, and then it fucking slowly happened again because they just fucking. So when they you tried to when you tried to take your life, you were in middle school. Was this? I was fourteen years old. You were fourteen, so yeah, that's, uh, it was a little bit after grade? my brother died. Eighth or seventh grade? Where eighth grade. Eighth grade. Yeah, because you're about yeah. fifteen when you're a freshman. I was fourteen and I was in eighth grade. Were, I know that. I mean, I know it's a sensitive thing to talk about, but do you want to you want to talk about why that you know you wanted to to take your own life at such? Dude, I didn't even think about it. You never I, even thought about it. No, um, no, at the time. Oh, I didn't okay. I I wasn't like, I'm gonna do it because of this. Like it wasn't it wasn't a it's so fucked up. Uh, my sister Lisa, she's dead now. Mm -hmm. But the night before I did it, I spent the night at her house. Mm -hmm. And like we had some beers and like I just spent the night and it was fucking amazing, dude. 
And then I remember her dropping me off at home. And then a few hours later, that, that girlfriend that we talked about, the virginity girlfriend, mm -hmm. um, for a while, we, her and I were like separated because we got into a lot of trouble together, mm -hmm. like committing crimes together. We were not allowed to see each other. Bonnie Clyde type of shit. Kind of, but not, you know, not, not, not as murder, severe. Yeah, you know, but, uh, so anyway, um, I went to my sister's house to spend the night to kind of like, oh, I'm going to get your mind off all that bullshit. Mm -hmm. But then when I got dropped off, boom, I'm, I'm right back in the sack of sorrow again, you know? Mm -hmm. So then I'm thinking about it. And then I got a call from her fucking dad saying, if you ever call here again, I'm going to rip your head off. That's what he fucking told me. Mm -hmm. And my dad overheard. He's like, who are you talking to? And yeah. he picked up the phone. He's like, motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know my dad. So that guy was like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to say, like, have your son not call my daughter anymore or whatever. And my dad's like, that's fine. But you don't fucking talk to him like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that ended. And then that conversation ended. And then it was just sitting and sulking about it. And then I just, I don't want to say that it was about that. It wasn't about that. It was just like everything. Like I said, like my brother just fucking died. It was just a mixture of everything, dude. And like I didn't even think about it. I just stood up. I went into the fucking bathroom. I sat on the toilet. And I knew where my dad's sleeping pills were. And I took three of them. And they were amitriptyline's 250 milligrams. My dad would take a half of one. My dad was six foot four, dude. Yeah. Like 260 fucking pounds. He would take a half of one to go to sleep at night and not have shitty dreams. That was basically like why he took them. I took three whole ones and two of his Volterans. They were like 50 milligrams each. Oh my god! But I didn't know what they were. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm like, either either I'm gonna die or I'm gonna get the best fucking sleep of my life, and nobody's gonna bother me for two fucking days. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. So then the next thing I know, the next thing I remember was my dad saying, "Stand right here, right fucking here." And he was pointing at a little circle tile in the kitchen floor. Because you know how kitchen floors have multiple squares of tile. Yeah. He's like, put both the balls of your feet right here. Stand right fucking here. And I remember trying to do it and I fell. And my dad said, Jackie, call the ambulance. And that's all I remember. And then there was one fucking really weird point. I remember my dad telling me to get dressed. And I was standing on my bed holding my cat's litter box. And my dad's like, get dressed, the ambulance are coming. And he opened the door, and I'm on my bed holding the fucking litter box. And I came to, like, I didn't know what, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, that's, but that's all, like, those are the only things that I remember, was holding the litter box, standing in my bed, and my dad telling me to stand in so this you, kitchen. So you don't remember waking up in the hospital? Or... I remember one part, um, I remember everything, like, I couldn't see anything, but I remember my dad saying, do you see that? I told you he'd do it. And that's all, that's all I remember hearing that. And then um, after the fact, like after I came out of my coma and everything, I asked what that was about. And then um, my dad was saying that the nurse was like, he can't hear you, but you can talk to him or whatever. Like say whatever you want to say. Uh -huh. And my dad was like, son, it's dad. If you can hear me, squeeze my hand. And then he said, I squeezed his hand. And then he was like, see, I told you he'd do it. Uh -huh. But like, I don't remember any of that. I just remember hearing, I told you he'd do it. And then I asked about it, and he was like, yeah, this is what happened, or whatever. And then I remember waking up out of the coma, um, I felt like somebody tugged on my dick really hard. Okay. Like, just pulled on it so hard. And I woke up, and then I said, what the fuck was that? And she was like, a catheter. I said, what's that? Where does it go? And she's like, only to your bladder. And I remember laughing, saying, only to my bladder? And I laughed and fell back asleep. But when she went, I remember <laughs> she, you felt the pull. She bam pulled it out. Yeah. But it was a yellow tube. But when it came out of me, the, what was in my dick and back was black. Mm -hmm. 
And then I asked about it later, and they said it was from the charcoal that they had to put in me. Yeah, to pump, uh, to, to absorb the, the drugs. That's what charcoal does. You know, charcoal, it, it's like a, it's like a super sponge. Right. That's what it does. Um, they said that I would, uh, they said I would never come out of this coma, and if I did, I'd be retarded. And I woke up four days later, so I guess they were half right. So what? I woke up. <laughs> so, so what exactly? You missed my. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking about you know some some pretty uh, dark stuff here, but yeah. When they meant that you were gonna you know have a mental problem, how how long did you die for? Were you pronounced dead? The for the first time was for most of the helicopter ride from um, OSF to St. Anthony, or no, it was it was St. Anthony to OSF. It was most of the helicopter ride mm-hmm. because they took me to St. Anthony and they basically didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like they knew what to do, but they couldn't do it. Yeah. So they put me on a helicopter and they were reviving me pretty much the whole time from the helicopter ride from St. Anthony to OSF. Okay. So I don't know how long that was. But there was a few times in between where I died, so I don't know about like mm-hmm. adding up the amount of seconds or minutes or what it equals to. Mm-hmm. But it was it was pretty much they were basically fighting for my life the whole helicopter ride. And that and I wanted to people don't know this, but you have like a short term memory, um, yeah, problem because of your, your yeah. death experiences. Yeah, I have some gray matter in my brain from from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sucks because it's, uh, it's mostly short term. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it'll be just dumb shit. Like, um, like I can remember everything that we've done today, mm-hmm. but tomorrow it'll all be super cloudy. And then the next day it'll be even more. Well, yeah, I'll come over and then you'll be like, and then you'll bring up something that we talked about last time. And I'll be like, yeah, we, we've already talked about that. And you're like, fuck. Right. <laughs> My bad. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That, that that happens a lot. Or like, uh, I'll remember something that's just like super fucking dumb. But like, I won't remember the important shit. But like the real the real dumb part of it. Oh. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it's just, it's, it just, like, it, it just, it slowly gets cloudy. Like over time. It's super dumb. But then like, after time goes on, then I'll remember it again. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm trying to explain it the best way I can. Um, but yeah, it's basically like, if it's recent, I, I kind of forget it until non-existent. And then it's it's almost as if my brain is like erasing what happened before to create new ones. And then after a while they'll like be replaced. Like I'll, I'll remember what happened, you know, for like, if you, I don't know, I don't know. It's so fucking dumb to, to try to say out loud. It's so fucking yeah, weird. I'm sure people who've had, you know, uh, near death experiences and things like that would be able to, you know, like I can't, you know what I mean? Relate. You know, it, it's just, it's or, just basically like a, like, like you said, it's basically like a short memory yeah. loss thing. Like mm-hmm. that's pretty much what it is. Well, yeah. You know? you know, when you die and there's no oxygen going to your brain, your brain cells begin to die. Right, and, I don't know. I don't know much about that, like medical yeah. terms. I'm just saying, like, as far like when you asked about the short term memory thing, it's just uh, I'll forget shit that happened recently, but then like in a fucking week, I might be like, I'll remember it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then, I don't know. It's just fucking so stupid, and I hate it, and it embarrasses me. Like, it, it really fucking embarrasses me, especially when I'm having a conversation with my wife, because she'll be like, 
I fucking told you this, dude. We already talked about this shit. And I'm like, fuck, man, I'm sorry. And then she's like, it's because you don't listen to me. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah, but not really. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like, I don't like, like telling everybody that because then at that point, motherfuckers are going to look at it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so at this point in your life to your brothers, uh, were they, I, I know that you said that your mom and dad were pretty much like they weren't in the picture cause they were focused on themselves and they were clueless. What about your brothers? You know, and, and, and of course your sister, um, were they, you know, were they someone that you would, that you would go to? I was scared to confide in them because I was worried that they would know about like the real me. Like I was so embarrassed about every every way that I felt and everything that I thought about. Mm-hmm. I was so embarrassed about it, so I didn't really tell anybody. So the last thing I would want to do was come to a person that I love the most and be like, "This is how I feel. This is what I want to do. Or this right. is what I think you about." You felt like you would that would hurt them. Well, no, I I would be I would I would felt embarrassed by it, and what? I would probably okay. be told, "Suck it up, bitch." Fucking knock it off, faggot. Quit acting like that. What right. the fuck are you mean? Oh, you're sad? Oh, I'm so sorry you're sad. Quit being a bitch. You know what I mean? That's right. what I would have got told. So, but not even the sad stuff. Just like, uh, just anything that I felt like I was just so, like little Trav, like me and him are the tightest we've ever been. And like, I can go to him for anything. Mm-hmm. And he's probably the only person besides you mm-hmm. that I could go to about anything. But back in the day, he was the last person I'd want to tell anything to. Right. Because he'd kick my ass and call me a faggot. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a bitch or a pussy or whatever. Yeah. You know? But I, I would never tell any of my, my siblings, my tough guy siblings, my badass brothers or my kick-ass sisters that, you know, this is what I think or this is what I feel. They'd be like, shut the fuck yeah. up. So more, you don't know. You're just a kid. Yeah. So more or less, you had no one really to confide in but yourself. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And that's what, you know... And I bet every teenager in the fucking world feels like that. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? You know, I don't fucking know, man. I don't want this whole fucking podcast to be like, woe is me, because that's not what this is. Well, this no, this, like, is, this is, you know... I don't want to put the wrong fucking thing out there like, oh, my yeah. childhood sucks, I'm such a sad kid. That's not what this is, you right. know what I'm saying? But I, I hope that that's not what's... I mean, does it sound like no, that no, when we're is, talking? No, this is... Because uh, I don't want anyone to think that this shit. Is, uh, this is your interview. You know, I want people to know you. Right. You know, like I've known you for thir- over 13 years. Right. Like I know you more than people who are listening right now. But right. But this at least gives them an idea of some sort. Where all this shit comes from. Where all this shit comes from. <laughs> where, who we, who we, you know, the, the man you are today. Yeah, right. So. Okay. So we're going to transition now from that into into high school. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's. So, so after no, high school was awesome. I was the shit in high school. High school was all right. so let's let's talk about you in high school. All right, so I had I got kicked out of all right. So this, before I get into my high school shit, I have to talk about how I ended junior high. Okay. Because seventh grade, I don't know about any other state in the country, but in Illinois, you have to pass the finals in seventh grade in order to get into eighth grade. Okay. Well, I was expelled at the end of seventh grade. I never took finals. Okay. Okay. But magically, when fucking eighth grade year came around, I got fucking papers in the mail saying, hey, register your kid for eighth grade. My parents were like, what? All right, cool. Didn't ask no questions. Sign me up for eighth grade. Now, in Illinois, to get out of eighth grade and to go into ninth grade in high school, you have to, A, pass the finals and pass the Illinois Constitution test. I was expelled three months before the end of the eighth grade year. 
So I do not have 7th and 8th grade finals on my record or Constitution on my fucking record, right? Wow. Yeah. So I got expelled three months before 8th yeah, grade. Yeah, because I remember taking it. You right. Had, you had I did not. Constitution. So I got expelled three months before the end of 8th grade. Now there's three months of summer. Six months go by. Another three months go by. Nine months go by. My parents think I'm fucking done. Darren, it's time to get a goddamn job. Yeah. You're not going to fucking high school. Apparently, you fuck. You fucked up. Mm-hmm magically, we get this fucking letter in the mail about a regional alternative program, okay? Okay. They signed me up. There was people from 12 to 14 in that school, or 12 to 16, I think it was. And um, I got signed up for this school. It was next to a liquor store in Belvedere. Mm-hmm. It was kind of in the hood. Um, we're All right, so we're, we're approaching 56 minutes. Um, we, we keep our... I just noticed that we keep our uh, episodes around an hour. Yeah. We'll so do. we're going to end this right now and do part two. We're going to go into part two immediately right after yep. this. So we're going to start with my high school shit, right? Yeah, your high school life. All right. So um, you are now exiting the House of a Thousand Discourses. Please stick around for part two. Stick around. <laughs>